Welcome to the Better Call Daddy Show, the number one podcast where we admit no matter what happens, daddy has the advice we need to fix our problems. Introducing my dad, Mr. Wayne Friedman. That was good. It would be nice if you could also sing a song. What would the song be? You love Paris in the springtime. I just made up some words to it. I love Rena in the springtime. I love Rena in the fall. (laughs) That's right. That's good enough. (laughs) Oh boy. Let's dive in. Our next guest went to Chuck E. Cheese University, and he's an honest car salesman. And he's Jana's daddy. Todd, welcome. Is this Rena? This is Rena. How are you? Rena, I'm excited. I'm excited like a metaphor, like a metaphor for a hydrogen bomb. Oh my gosh, you're just like your daughter. (laughs) I raised her. Oh my goodness. I have so many questions for you. Okay. Did she prepare you at all? Well... This is what she told me. She said, Dad, you practice and practice and practice. So it sounds like you didn't practice and practice and practice. I love it. So I'm super curious to know what you think about the bad rap for used car salesmen. (laughs) I mean, cars break down. Therefore, the thing could be a perfect car, the greatest car in the world, and you pull out into the street and it falls in two pieces. And then you tell them, hey, it ain't my car. Call two wreckers. And therefore, they don't, they don't like you. So a whole lot of it is my clientele is buying cheap cars. Now, I tell them, look me in the eye. And I tell them, this car is going to break. And I make them sign a piece of paper telling them this car is going to break. You're buying a cheap car. Then I explain to them that Rolls Royces, half a million dollar Rolls Royces, have half a million dollar Rolls Royce mechanics because they break too. And so uh, if you look at the Google ratings or the Facebook ratings for car dealers, they're pretty terrible. And I think we have the best rating in our little town. And bluntly, I asked them, give me a good rating. So the car breaks, they're mad at you. They spend all their money. Their life is a shambles and they have to lash out at somebody. Then there are dishonest people that sell stuff that, they know it's not good, but somebody's going to buy the car. Tell them the truth, and if they don't want that car, somebody else will. And we have a good rap, except for people <laughs> who don't like me and haven't told me that I have a bad reputation. But I've been doing this for Jana's whole life. We lived in Texas. And have you ever been to Texas, Rena? I married a Texan. Okay. Well, in the central part of Texas, there is a microclimate that produces live oak trees. These are just the most stunning, big, gnarled up looking trees you've ever seen. Beautiful, beautiful trees. And we had a big live oak shade tree. Rena, I'm 64 and I'm appreciating shade trees more than I ever have. We had this great shade tree in the yard. And so we sold cars. And now if your name is Todd and you're in the car business, how could it be anything but Honest Todd's used cars? And then Jana and her brother, Skylar, came up with this. Big shade tree, Honest Todd's used cars, shady deals made here. Now their mother, who is a straight arrow, never has liked that. So tell them the truth and it works real well. And if something goes wrong right away, do what you need to do to make it right. Well, Rena, used cars, it's not a way of life. It's more of a calling. 
Have you ever bought a lemon? Uh, yeah, I bought it brand new from Chevrolet. Uh, I had that air conditioner worked on so many times. I finally arbitrated, and the arbitrator said, fix this thing again and loan him a car and he can drive your rent car a million miles if he wants to. That air conditioner system just didn't work, and it was brand new. As far as me in the used car business, I bought some cars that I've junked out. I could have sold them to someone, but instead I called the junkyard and said, come get this thing, and they gave me a couple of hundred dollars rather than sell it to someone knowing that it had all kinds of problems and it was just beat up and wore out and not good. So do I blame the manufacturer of that car? Eh, you know, cars wear out. Some aren't as good as others, and we're real careful, though, when we buy cars. I look at a tremendous amount of cars. It's all done online now, but I'll look at uh, two or 3,000 cars a week, and I'll, I bought five this week, and I bid on two or three for tomorrow. We're selling a lot of cars. We have two seasons. Well, we have tax season. People get their ta income tax return, and they come buy cars, and do you know what comes after tax season? repo season so they don't pay their car payment and i tell them up front you guys you can't have it if you don't pay for it we finance the cars and most of them get it most of them pay for it some get in trouble and they bring them back to me every now and then one it just you have to go hunt them down and that's always not fun but bluntly most of my customers have had things repossessed before so they're not too stressed over it you know, I don't like it at all. I want everyone to be a success, and I want them to come back and buy their next car from me, and I want them to tell their friends. There's a few I don't want them to come back, but I wouldn't sell them a lemon if I knew it was a lemon. I would just take my beating and go on and to the next car. Jana told me that you like to make a deal. A deal. You know, really, uh, pretty much we have a price. We're the cheap. The other car lots down the street buy my cars from me. They rub my prices off and they raise them by two or three or four thousand dollars. And they're fancier and bigger buildings and everything is shinier and cleaner and nicer. My place looks like my customers, not quite as polished and as nice as the guys down the street. My cars are cheaper and I'll tell you the truth about them. So we sell lots of cars. And my deal is I won't charge you any interest. I won't check your credit. I won't make you have full coverage insurance, just liability. But if your grandson decides to learn to drive and drives it in the creek, you're still paying for it. That's my deal. And this is how much I want for it. And I'll finance it for you. And I want this much down, $500, $600, 800 1000 on more expensive cars, more down. That's everything I can give you. And I'll just be as upfront with you as I can and honest as I can. And if it doesn't work for you, I understand. I'm very grateful you came to take a look at our stuff. And most of the time, people are pretty nice. Some people don't buy from us. I don't know why. And some people are crazy. <laughs> I don't know why. Would you say this has been your favorite job? It's a calling. My dad, when I was a kid, I'm a talker, a <laughs> windbag. And my dad always said, you're going to be a used car salesman. And I rebelled against that for years and years and years and years. I wished I had, this is the only thing I'd ever done in my life. If that were the case, I would be wealthy now. So uh, there's nothing else I like doing better than this. Never had a job I like better. Don't want to do anything else. I'm going to continue doing this until I can't work any longer. What's been the worst job you've had? 
<laughs> have you ever put money in a vending machine and it didn't give you your soda pop? Oh, yeah. Well, that was a Vendo machine that you put your money in. Vendo is in Fresno, California. They were 35, 40 years ago. I went out to California, stayed with my aunt and uncle. My uncle got me a job there. And I had this job where I put this little piece of metal. It was like the size of a fork. I put it in this machine and held it there, and I stepped on this pedal, and this giant stamper came down, clunk, and it smashed it into a certain shape. And I would jerk my fingers out of the way. And, and so at the end of the week, the boss came walking by, and he said to the guy he was walking with, there's the guy that massacred all those parts. <laughs> so that evening when they were handing out paychecks, I said, boss, I just don't think I can do this job. And he said, yeah, I was going to tell you that. <laughs> oh my goodness, that's crazy. I want to know about your time at Chuck E. Cheese University. Well, I was in the restaurant business and I wanted to upgrade and Chuck E. Cheese was just getting going. And I probably knew somebody that had gone to work there. So I interviewed with them in Texas and they hired me and they sent me to San Jose, California to Chuck E. Cheese University. I have a graduate degree from Chuck E. Cheese U and second highest grades ever made at Chuck E. Cheese University. Now, that's pretty impressive. For me, it's really impressive. The only drawback was the guy that made the highest grades ever was in our class. So I was just another one of the dummies. <laughs> so I had a really cool sticker on the back of my car that said Chuck E. Cheese University. And I hated getting rid of that car because I loved that sticker. And when I finished the university, they sent me to Waco, Texas, which has the hottest tap water of any place I've ever been in my life. It's like they didn't bury the pipes, water pipes very deep, and the water that comes out of the faucet when it's cold is warm. It was awful. This place was magnificently crowded. The people were nuts about the place. The lines went out. And Waco, Texas in the summer, it's 110 degrees. They went out the door, down the side of the building, around the corner, around the side of the building, people waiting to get into the place. And it was a madhouse inside. They had lines where you would take your picture to get it refilled with drinks. And I remember we had to call the cops. Some woman cut in front of some guy or who knows what happened. <laughs> the guy threatened to twist her pencil neck geek head off. And the cop said, buddy, you're going to jail if anybody does because you threatened her. So, oh, my God. And I quit. I would come home at like 2 in the morning. I'm so wound up. I don't go to sleep until 4 and just not what I want to do. Used cars, I come home and I'm not wound up. Did Jana tell you we went to Italy right before coronavirus hit? No, she didn't. What part of Italy did you go to? Oh, we went to Florence and Rome. So we're there like the first week of December, and a week or two later, the whole world starts dying because of coronavirus. Women are tougher than men, and when Jana had her heart transplant, first they took her heart out. She laid in a hospital with no heart for a week, and Sandy, her mother, went to Seattle, and she sat in the hospital room, and she sat, and she sat for weeks. And then Jana had a heart transplant. She went back and she sat. Nick, Jana's husband, had to work, and he would have been no good at this. 
I would have been saying, Jana, you really don't need me here. Uh, I'm going to go down to the cut. And I'm gonna, it's Friday evening. I want to watch the boats go by. I'll be back. If there's a problem, somebody's around here. Sandy's mother stayed. And so Jana had her heart transplant and is doing just just fabulously better than just as good as anybody does with a heart transplant, I believe. And so she called up one day and said, Dad, we're going to take you guys to Italy. And I said, yeah. And I've never had a hobby in my life. Jana has a nickname, Jana Business. And that's me. The car business is my hobby. Well, in the last year, I have a hobby, and it's the Renaissance. And I just keep reading these books and studying it and enjoying it. And if this whole thing clears up again, and I continue to work, and Grandmother Deer and I go walking, and we can do it, I want to go back. I think if I stayed for three weeks, I could see enough stuff that I would get done what I'd like to do there. That's my hobby now. During the pandemic, the whole world's been shut down. What have you done during the pandemic? Well, I learned to draw a floating rock. And I learned to draw with linear perspective. So your picture looks 3D instead of 2D. That was invented during the Renaissance. And I named my three grandchildren, three girls, Pandemica, Covina, and little K, K Rona. So we've pretty much holed up. We've stopped going to church. We watch it online. I'm 64, Grandma's 65. We want to be as careful as we can be. Now, we have not stopped praying. We've not stopped tithing. But we're just keeping as much distance as we can. Oklahoma's pretty, they're not taking it as serious as maybe some other places are. I mean, people are getting cases, but they're getting right over them. At the beginning of the pandemic, we had two people die in our county, and that's all that have died from coronavirus. I will tell you about Kirby Jr. Kirby Jr. passed away last Thursday at 4.41 in the morning. Either I woke up or I was awake. I don't sleep well at night, so could have been awake. And I heard for about one second, and the noise was getting further from the house, heading towards the woods, and a coyote ate my rooster. Oh, no. And, and I felt bad, but, I mean, this is the way the world is. But still, I had to tell Kirby Sr. Kirby is a guy that works for me part-time. I like him. I like him so much I named my rooster after him. And we call him now Kirby Sr. So I'm not sure if I should still call him Kirby Sr. or not. My rooster passed away. We, I'm sorry about Kirby Janet, Jr. Did Jana tell you about the geese? Somebody she didn't gave tell us, me. We had geese as Jana was 13, 12, 14, and blonde. And geese are just horrible animals. They're just mean and foul, and <sighs> they hiss at you. And if you walk by them in the fence, Baxter would just just walk next to you and hiss at you the whole time. And we had a goose stick, and Sandy would be – we were quite poor when the kids were little. I mean, lots of people are. And we didn't have a dryer. We probably could have afforded one, maybe a used one. But we hung our clothes out. Sandy did. And she would be out there hanging the clothes up, and old Baxter, if she would get too far away from the basket with the goose stick, he'd come at her, and she would take her stick and whip him, and he'd run off. 
And Jana was out in the backyard with the goose stick, and here comes Baxter after her. And just like the cliche, here comes the goose. She's got the goose stick. She throws it down with her <laughs> and runs to the house and locks the door. And then other times we would uh, – Jana's little sister, Retta. Jana was born in a hospital. Traditionally, Sandy didn't like it. Skylar, three years younger, was born in a birthing center at a hospital. Sandy didn't like that much. Ten years later, when Retta was born, Sandy had her at home. So this midwife comes out from the city to the country, and Sandy's about to have a baby, and the dog starts barking. The dog never barks. So I go outside with my flashlight, and there's a rattlesnake right in the middle of the road. The dog's barking at it. I come back in, get my gun, walk through the living room. This woman's just looking, and I shoot the snake, and the gun jams, and the flashlight quits, and Sandy's in the bedroom having a baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, this is a good This is a good story. First baby, Sandy said, got to push, got to push, got to push. Not yet. Got to push, got to push, not yet. Got to push, got to push. Okay. Three times. Second baby, got to push, not yet. Got to push, got to push, not yet. Got to push, got to push. Third time, doctor says, push. So this one I was going to catch, and Sandy says, got to push, and the midwife said, okay, and I was waiting for three, and she fell on the floor dropped her. No. <laughs> so uh, that's the littlest, littlest sister. Now, there's 13 years between them, and they're just really close. Retta lives in Walla Walla, and they see each other often as they can, and Jana is mentoring Retta. And teaching her about business, and Retta just got her first job in management, and Janet taught her and told her how you do things because that's what Jana does. And Jana and I talk about business stuff a lot because that's our thing that the two of us are most interested in together. Jana's a great traveler. We traveled everywhere we could when the kids were little. Still do. We've been everywhere in the western United States. The east, I just, oh, I just can't go to the east because there's still stuff in the west I want to see. I tell, I tell them everything that I know, all the family history that I know, everything that's happened to me. When we get around together, I just, I start telling them stuff because I'm going to be gone one of these days, and that history is going to be gone so I've spent as much time as I can telling them things. We play a game, Bodies of Water, Mississippi River, Caspian Sea, Tasman Sea, Lake Champlain, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Last time we played, Jana beat me. When your kids beat you and are smarter than you, you're jealous that the wise part of you knows that this is what he wanted to happen. So the kids have all surpassed me, and I'm well pleased that they've all done well. Here's a piece of advice my mother gave me. Don't marry a problem. And I ingrained that into the children, and none of them did. And in my line of work, I see some problems, and my kids didn't marry problems. Their lives are better because they have good spouses. We say, buck up, Farrell. That was from probably the lion, the witch, in the wardrobe. And that means whatever it is, tough it out. You can do it. Quit your complaining. Suck it up and do it. We always have done tongue twisters. 
the sixth sick sheiks. Six sick sheep. Say that one. I don't think I can. <laughs> Rena, there were a lot of the kids' friends. They would come over and we would do that and they just wouldn't. My kids always would tear into it. I know a good okay, one. I'm going to see if you can do it. All right. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Woo! Woo! Hey, that's pretty good. <laughs> that was a good one. I want to know that what you thought of Jana's scrappy career. I expected her to succeed, and she has. And so I am not surprised at all. I just would expect her to keep growing and to keep climbing the ladder. And in another 20 years, so I'm still around, she's going to be quite a big shot. She got fired one time, and she called me crying and pretty devastating when you get fired. But lots of people get fired. She was standing up for somebody, and the company didn't like it. I think you're the same age as my dad, and she's the same age as me. Yeah. So Jana is an excellent eye roller. <laughs> I think she, she eye-rolled her boss <laughs> a while back, she said. Edit that out if that isn't supposed to get out of the bag, cat out of the bag. Jana was an easy kid to raise. She was 15. We moved from Texas to New Mexico. So she comes in, and we tell her we're going to move to New Mexico. Now, a 15-year-old girl, you tell them you're moving across the street, and they can have a stroke. And, oh, she cried. Her eyes got puffy. Three hours after we got there, she was laughing it up with her new friends, who she still goes to see one of the girls that lives down in St. Thomas. They're still great friends. And she said later, I don't think you say this in Seattle, but I'll tell you, and you can do with it what you want to. She, years and years and years later, she said, if I'd have had a gun, I'd have killed you. Oh, my God. That's so, hysterical. I want to ask you, too, what's the difference between a Texan and an Okie? Janice's husband, he's Texan through and through. He said the difference, they're, they're just the same people, he said, except the further north you go, the lower the IQs get. <laughs> and this is what you tell a Texan, and your husband's going to love this. I'm from the furthermost northern county of Texas. That would be Oklahoma. Now, do you know what you call a Texan? Remember this to your husband. What do you call a Texan second day on the job? boss <laughs> i have one well, more question for years. about yeah. your used car knowledge how did you learn mm -hmm. about online auctions and purchasing cars that everything way? everything's going online as you know uh, you know better than i do <laughs> when you interview other dads you're going to have to tell them what bing is and how to do bing <clears throat> and you're going to have to have their daughters do what Jana did for me and make sure that I could do this. So yeah, I'm not as uh, quick with computers and things like that, but it's all going online. Gosh, I was going to the auctions when there would be rows and rows of cars they were auctioning off. These are wreck cars. They're, they don't run. You're standing there and you raise your hand and bid like the, the traditional auctioneer kind of a deal. And there were guys always there every week from the Middle East. They knew about hot sun. They always had umbrellas. The rest of us 
during the middle of the sale would always say, why didn't I think of it, to bring an umbrella? We never did. They always did. The auctioneer hated it because he couldn't see people waving their hands for the umbrellas. So that's how it started with me 30 years ago. So I did that for years and years and years and years. I would buy one, drag it home, fix it, sell it, and get me another one, fix it, and sell it. And just the business grew and grew. So how do you know Janet if you're in Chicago and she is in Seattle? We met on LinkedIn. Okay. See, LinkedIn is something that your dad and me, I mean, I don't need a career. I don't, I'm not trying to, to link in with anybody. So I know about LinkedIn, but that's as far as it goes. Pretty cool stuff. You know, it's funny about LinkedIn. So my grandfather and my dad were in business together for 40 plus years. They ran a manufacturing company. And my grandfather had a LinkedIn account. And now my dad gets more sales using my grandfather's account than starting one of his own because he had all the relationships. So my my grandfather's dead, but my dad still (coughs) pretends like he's my grandpa. I love that. We have two businesses at my car place. It's, It's an old gas station. It's little. And I don't want it to get much bigger because I don't want a bunch of employees. I just want to keep it simple simple as I can. And there's another guy that he details cars and he also sells cars for me. And I pay him for that. And he watches the place while I'm going to Buffalo. Head smashed in jump is the name of a town in Canada. It was like a cliff and they ran the buffaloes off of it. And the buffaloes fell over the cliff and killed them and they ate them. And I went there and Mike watched the place for me. Well, he's going to move so he can expand his business and I have to hire somebody to replace him and I'm looking I need somebody that can do internet because that's where everything is going so I'm going to have to find someone a younger person that can do that stuff or your grandfather one or the other that's awesome I had fun I had so much fun I was so looking forward to this it was as fun as I hoped it would be oh thank you so much So, Daddy, what did you think? The funny part is, is that he even went to Chuck E. Cheese College. I mean, he wanted to be the best type of service type of person, but he had a hobby of really loving the work on cars himself. It's so good to be in a business where you understand every variable of the business. Isn't that what Marvin told me, that when we were opening up this manufacturing of lighting reflectors, that if you want to gain respect of people, but you really want to have control of your business, you have to be able to understand every operation of the business and working hands-on and working with your troops, because my dad was also in the service, where you show that you're willing to do anything and you're willing to do it with all your men and no job is too big or too small, guess what? When you learn every job and you know what's going on, then not only when you're working with other people, you're not necessarily ordering them around. You can say, hey, let's try it this way. If you can do it that way, that's fine. But you're able to interject skills and knowledge to other people. And when you show that you can do that and your understanding of other points of view, you'd be surprised because you get along with people a lot better that way. Being able to fix a car, what's ever wrong with it, you're then able to find a value which somebody else thinks is junk 
you're able to refurbish it or refix it. And if the equation is right, if you can fix it up well enough with the time and effort that you put into it and then be able to resell it. It's the same thing with real estate. A lot of times people are able to fix or repair a, a home or a landscaping of a property. And uh, by knowing what you're doing and working hands-on at it and having people that you can trust that can work with you to do the right quality job, there's many people make a living not only flipping cars or flipping equipment, but also flipping houses and flipping real estate. But there's a lot to know when you're trying to run your own business. And didn't your dad give you some advice that you recently found on a tape? I have a tape where hopefully you can do a little interview with him, direct from heaven, my grandpa Marvin. Loyalty, honesty, being able to stand on your own two feet and earning your own money, okay, rather than thinking that you deserve it or should be able to get it by faking an injury or faking an accident or leaning on someone else because you're a relative that you should just get a break or get the money. He really believed in earning your way based on your own merits. And in this country, we have the opportunity to learn and to have the freedom to make choices and to be able to build ourselves up, where in a lot of other countries, you don't have that opportunity to build yourself up and to get the, the right education and be able to have the choices that you have in this country. Today's episode is sponsored by Rin 10 Media. If you want to look and sound your best for a podcast of your own, you want to get in touch with Rin 10 Media. When I first contacted them, Better Call Daddy was just a twinkle in my daddy's eye. And now, only after a couple months in, we're at like 50 episodes. Reach out to info at ren10media.co.za and use the subject line, Better Call Daddy. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and tune in. Add Better Call Daddy Podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com. Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Yeah. <laughs>